Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne. It's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, we have Justin McLeod on the show, who's the founder and CEO of Hinge, the dating app designed to be deleted. After a few years in management consulting, he attended Harvard Business School, where he was inspired to follow his passion for connecting people. Justin founded Hinge in February of 2011 with a mission to create real-life connections. Justin's vision for a more thoughtful experience resonated with Singles and Match Group, which acquired the company in 2018. And knowing him a little bit personally uh, from a joint experience, I know he's got a ton of mental fitness practices that I can't wait to dive in and and just share through you know his story and so forth. So Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Before we jump into probably a, a couple pretty deep uh, topics, and then you know some of the work that you're doing uh, at Hinge and just the you know mental fitness in general. I always ask one opening question, and that's to avoid essentially everything that I just uh, dictated in your bio, which is titles and so forth. And that's just as of today. Who are you? <laughs> oh man, what a question. Um, yeah, well, I guess right on. On one level, you could answer by, I could answer by talking about my roles and past, right? Which is kind of what you just did. But there's an, even another level of that, which is that, you know, I'm a father of two beautiful children and a husband. I, uh, I'm a, love to play piano and guitar and chess. And uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky originally. I don't know, all these little tidbits that sort of like make up me. That's probably like not what you're looking for. And I don't know if that's, if we're like. No, just what comes to mind as characteristics, you know? Yeah, just as, and I think as, like. Because that evolves. Yeah, and I think um, who I'm feeling today is I just feel like I am this being that has this like a very deep dharma around uh, connecting people, harmonizing relationships, Um like that just feels so deep and core and like increasingly a big part of, of who I am personally, professionally, like that feels very deep to me on another level. I don't know, ineffable consciousness, same as you, <laughs> like that has no <laughs> attributes on another yeah. level. I have no idea how to answer that question. I think some, some combination of on, depending on like uh, what altitude, sure. Uh, all of those feel true to me. Yeah. Have you always been a natural connector or curious about connections or is that something you evolved into over time? I think it's uh, probably, I don't know about always, always, but I think from a pretty young age, yes. Like a connector in the sense that I was always the sort of person, um, at least by like high school, I was always the person who liked to be in the center of a group who liked to be connecting people who was always throwing events and parties and just like really loved to be like in the middle. And I also think like when I say like harmonize their relationships, which is another, another piece of it, I think I, you know, I, I grew up with parents that fought a lot. I grew up in a world where I had a atheist parents that sent me to Catholic school. I had all these like very, um, mm. uh, like, uh, what do I want to say? The word is like, diametrically opposed forces that I had to somehow like reconcile for myself and really understand both points of view and come to a, a way to like hold both those points of view simultaneously and navigate a way forward. And I think that there's, that's been a real, uh, gift to me, navigating relationships, navigating hard business problems. Yeah. All of that. I think that's just like a skill that I somehow like picked up really early. It's fascinating. I mean, because there's so much in just life and business in general where you're 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 faced with those kind of situations. It's interesting that you went through that as a as a kid, because um, in a way, you know, probably didn't feel like this in the at the time, but in a way, probably prepared you quite well for running a business or starting a business and just life in general, which is full of like, wow, this side feels really. Uh, right, this doesn't, but there's something in between here that is probably the the answer, right? Right. 
Yeah, exactly. Or even this side feels right, and also this side feels right, and yet they are <laughs> opposed. And 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 plus, sure. How do we how do we find a way forward? Or I can see I can at least like take on both points of view and understand them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, it's interesting you say you know, uh, and this is why I ask this: Who are you question? Because a either either you and I, you've probably thought about this question at one point in your life, just knowing that you're you're a reflective person but it's it just it always evolves and i'm always interested to see kind of what comes up in the moment because when yeah. even when you say connector and connections and seeing those connections what strikes me right away is it seems like you're quite quite well connected with yourself as well i know you're coming off of a sabbatical which i'd love to ask you a little bit more about we met originally um six probably six seven years ago at this point you know, in, in the Berkshires outside of Boston, 50 men in a circle that we basically had never met. And in a way we go, we're connecting, um, you know, and sharing emotions that many of us have never even discussed before. So it just even, you know, the ability to go there and, and, and want to connect, like where, where has that come from? Uh, I'm not, yeah, let me, let me think about that question. I, I think that I, um, I felt very disconnected, I think, actually, for a long time. As much as I tried to be in the center, in the middle of things growing up, um, I think that I actually felt very, like, lonely in the crowd. Okay. Uh, I don't think I knew how to... Uh, I just saw a young quote, actually, about how, like, loneliness doesn't come from not having people around us. It's not being able to share what's most meaningful to us. And... And I think that there was like a, um, you know, pretty early I started turning to like alcohol and drugs and I had like a pretty bad, you know, through high school and through college, like a pretty bad addiction, alcohol, drug problem to the point that after my uh, freshman year of college, I had to spend my summer in rehab in order to just like come back my sophomore year. And, And then when I got sober on the day that I graduated from college, I, um, I was just kind of at a loss, frankly, uh, of like how to live the good life, how to like, um, I wouldn't have described it at the time as like feeling lonely or disconnected, but Mm -hmm. like definitely I felt completely disconnected from purpose, from other people, from myself. And I had this incredible, um, I moved to Washington DC and took a job and I, started um, going to 12-step meetings and found a, a sponsor that just changed my life and uh, introduced me to the whole world of introspection, self-development, meditation, spirituality, uh, and and just like the more I went down that path, the more that I, I wanted to discover. Wow. Did you, have you ever thought, because I mean, I don't wish upon anyone to go through, you know, incredibly challenging times, of course, but do you ever think about... Why not? Well, good, well said, well said. I mean, I guess, and and maybe now I know the answer to your question, to the question I'm going to ask, but (laughs) do you ever think back and and think, wow, like, I'm I'm happy I went through that time, you know, as as challenging as it was, because maybe I would have never landed in this this whole world of self-development and all the other practices that you now have that over time, if you zoom out and look at, you know, there was one chapter in your book, you know, potentially that was, you know, something that, you know, was unwanted. And then if, if you zoom out, you, you've got all the tools to create a pretty damn awesome book moving forward and many other mm-hmm. chapters, right? Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Oh, I definitely think about that. I don't regret any of it. I think that, um, yeah, I think, you know, we all in the moment desire like easeful, pleasurable times, but what really gives fulfillment, I think is like the, when you have to like work really hard for something and you only work really hard for things and grow when you're struggling and in pain. And as much as those like moments throughout my life of like whatever addiction or, um, you know, a tense household growing up or, uh, 
you know, all the failure that I went through with Hinge in there. It's just like, there's so many times where I thought like, this is the most, this is the worst, most painful thing ever to happen. And almost without exception, the worst times end up being the seed of the, of like the things that I value most about my life today or about yeah. my self today. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of do wish hard times on people, in fact. And I think that- I'm glad you called me out on that. People I know that don't, haven't gone through, gone through hard times are- I feel bad for them, honestly. Yeah. Like I, I, I wrestle with this with my kids, right? Because I'm now in a position where I can provide, like, and really protect them. And I, I don't want, I don't really want to. I mean, even yeah. my little four year old, I'm, I'm like, I, yeah, like it's, it's this weird thing where you, where you like can protect them, but you shouldn't. But isn't that what? So that's what, totally. I, re, I have, a, I have two boys, a two, two year old and, and seven year old. So I, and I think our kids are roughly. Right, roughly yeah, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a little girl that's one and a little boy that just turned four. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough because at least I find, and even it's just, you know, I'm again happy you called me out on that because we were, I was sharing some of my backstory. And I mean, I wouldn't even be talking to you if it wasn't for that, you know, challenging time, which which most of the listeners on of this show are coming from. So know the whole backstory of of, of the app and, and the crash and all of that. But in a way, you know, I think like from a psychology standpoint, we're wired to survive essentially. And, and a lot of the emotions, especially with parents as well, like you want to protect your point, you want to protect your kids and you want them to, to do well and, and so forth. But there's, there's a fine balance there, right. Of them growing and, and also just equipping them with the tools, you know, at different, different ages to be able to process the reality of what's coming right? What's, what's, what's about to, to land in, in front of them with just life in general. So I'm curious mm -hmm. for, from your perspective, I guess two questions when, what have been some of these staple rituals or practices that have helped you through those in most challenging times? And, and I guess like, what, what do you want to leave with your kids as they get older uh, in terms uh, of a wisdom transfer? Yeah, it's been, there have been so many different practices over time from like eating certain things and drinking certain things in the morning or having this particular practice or that particular practice. And it's, it's changed a lot over time, but I think what I've really distilled it down to that has to be consistent for me is, um, three daily practices that can take many different forms. Yeah. Um, so one is, I I'll call them like reflection, mindfulness, and movement. Like those are the three things that I have to do every day and they don't always have to look the same. Like movement can be going to the gym. It can be taking a run. It can be yoga. Yeah. It, but like something where I'm getting into my body, like getting my heart pumping, like something that like that is just feels so foundational. Like so many times I think yeah. I have so many problems and then I just like remember to go like move my body for an yeah. hour and then I'm, and then I realize like, you know, it's, 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 it was a I'm perspective fine. shift. Yeah. It's just a total, right. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to like eat something and, and like run around for a minute and you're fine. Yeah. Uh, so movement is a huge foundational piece for me. Uh, reflection journaling and that I turn, I try to journal every single day. Yeah. It just what does feels that look like, like for you. What, what, what's, what's helpful. Do you free write? Do you use prompts? Mix of both. I don't use prompts. Although now I feel like I'm inspired by you to start using prompts, but it's usually a free write. I, I wake up in the morning, um, Usually it's just like a lot on my mind. And for me to even sit and do the mindfulness practice, whether breath work or meditation or something like that, it's like I have to like dump, I have to like yeah. empty my brain first. And, uh, and it's just so like, a whole, it's like a, it's this like continual loop of just re reflecting, remembering what my intentions are. Uh, it's just, it's like a, holding yourself accountable and checking in with yourself in a, in a discipline mm -hmm. way. It's just interesting to like get things down on the page or to see what comes out when you force yourself to write at least a page every yeah. day. I think it's yeah. more like the, was it Julia Cameron or something? The yeah, artist way? The, yeah. Morning pages. Like that's kind of my, the, yeah. that's the inspiration for the practice. Yeah. But that's just the check. -in. I mean, it's just like any relationship. I mean, you're in this case, you're checking in with yourself, which, you know, it's, it's, it's almost shocking because most people don't, you know, we get into this and I, and this is not, I'm not saying this from a place of judgment. I mean, we're, we're in a society, unfortunately, that I think doesn't necessarily promote this kind of stuff. It's like, we're on autopilot. We need to be productive. Yeah. You wake up, go, you know, 
But right, well, you, to you your wake point, up and you grab your phone and then you like yeah. scroll Twitter and then you like look at you know your email and then you're just in reactive mode and you've completely yeah. lost connection with your well with yourself with your body which I think is like really, really important. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, no wonder we're feeling like disconnected and anxious and depressed. Yeah. Well, no, it makes perfect, it makes perfect sense when you, when you take that perspective and zoom out and see what's happening. And what, I mean, this is what lights me up about this show and the, and the work is that everything you describe, I mean, you don't have, you don't have to go on a seven day silent retreat to do that. You know, We've all no. been in our own experiences, and, and 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 that's not to say that the like they're all very valuable. But what you describe could literally happen within probably ten minutes in the morning, but can dictate, you know, the next twenty three hours of your day, including how well you sleep or don't sleep. And that's what's so, I, I at least think, motivating and inspiring is that we all have access to. You know, yeah, a notebook to, or to journal journaling or nap, sitting whatever. for sitting for 15 minutes yeah. uh, in meditation and doing 45 minutes of some sort of activity. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. So, yeah. okay, well, uh, I, I want to stay on that thread. So you, you get up, you, I also like that you have buckets and you're not, you're not so strict that be like, I have to meditate, you know, today for whatever, 15, 20 minutes um, or I have to do this or I have to do that. And you've got, it seems like you've got other, you just have a general list of practices within those buckets. And most likely I'm assuming follow your intuition on what you need that day. Yeah, exactly. I think that that is, I really, I tried to be rigid, but I find that I would like not, that I would be able to do it. And then I would break the streak and then I'd be like, well, fuck, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, and then, and then you, and then like two weeks later, you're like, oh, I should start again. And I just found that like loosening the boundaries and I used to have like, you know, 10, a checklist of 10 things I was trying to do every day. And it was just, I was always a failure. And I was like, yeah. can I just distill this down to three things that, uh, the, the journaling is always just journaling, but the, you know, it just depends on the day. Like, do I want to sit in meditation? Do I want to sit in meditation for, you know, 10 minutes or, or 45 minutes or just do a quick breath work or it's just something that has like, as a mindfulness practice and something that's yeah. movement, again, depending on like how I'm feeling that day. And yeah. I just find that like schedule wise and my own like intuition, following my own intuition is important. I mean, when you have kids and like you just, there's they no, show you. There's, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> no, there's no guaranteed routine anymore. Like you can, be, yeah. even as early as I want to wake up in the morning, like my four-year-old can get up earlier and yeah. <laughs> uh, they're know, competitive, those little mini humans. Right. And then they're sick or there's this thing that happens or yeah. like, and you just, so you kind of just have to like, well, for me, at least, um, having that, those three boxes to check every day, but I can check them in any way that I want. Yeah. Is like the sweet spot. Well, I want to ask you about that, Justin. So let's, cause this is a reality for, for many, uh, parents out there, but then also just, you know, even if you don't have children, um, let's just call it your regular routine is just disrupted. Maybe you're traveling, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason you didn't sleep well and, and so forth. For you, when that happens, how do you adjust? Like, what are, what are, the, is there a non-negotiable practice for you that like, hey, I only have three minutes, but I'm going to do something. What is that for you? Yeah, that was something that I really learned in, uh, I want to give credit where credit's to, I think it was Atomic Habits or something, but that idea yeah, of James like, has when been you on have, the show. yeah, yeah. When you yeah. have those streaks, it's like, what's the like a minimum, minimum? <laughs> like, even if it's just yeah. like 60 seconds of meditation, just so you're not breaking the uh your like streak or this feeling like you're you have this daily momentum and you really are forcing yourself to check in every day so i have found that okay. like if movement is really just a set of three sun salutations you know in a day like that's certainly not the ideal but that sometimes that's that's all you can do yeah. and sometimes you know i just don't like sometimes the day is so crazy or other things are happening or i'm just overwhelmed or life is just happening in such a way and i think that's another grace of just I don't know, getting older and, and, and in some sense, interesting, you asked about like the self-development stuff and, and I feel like I'm losing my, my like passion for self-development. I like, I'm just, I'm, I'm in, I'm just more interested in just living my life and, yeah, and like being, having a little yeah. bit of more flexibility and, you know, sometimes you just miss days and, or a week for whatever reason. And that's yeah. okay too. Like it just, yeah, there's no prize at the end for 
yeah, having a streak of 200 days of meditation. But is that, do you think, I mean, I, I totally resonate with that and we're, I think, probably roughly around the same age. Do you think that's just uh, kind of a maturity and going through life journey realization or reflection or is there something else there? Um, both. I mean, I don't think all of us mature over the course of our lives, but if we're lucky, we do. And, and I, but I do think that it's, uh, I do think it's maturity probably just getting from a phase of like, um, like building, creating, perfecting my, you know, myself, my life to just, uh, like a stage of savoring and enjoying and giving back. Yeah. It's just different. It's just the focus isn't so much on like me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's inter- if the, there's a gentleman coming to mind that he's been on the show a couple of times now, uh, Chip Conley. And he's been a pretty big mentor of, of mine as well through my business career and whatnot. And, and his big thing that he always says is, is there's, you get to a stage at one point kind of midlife um, and, and especially he calls it, you know, when you reach like modern elder, you know, it's not like you're checked out and, and no longer uh, able to function, uh, and you're on your way out, but that, you know, you've, you've done enough things and had enough experiences to now you start editing life versus trying cause we spend so much time in the front half accumulating, you know, mm-hmm. acu- accumulating experiences, job titles, materialistic things, relation, all this stuff. And then you get to this point of, what do I really need? Like what really lights me up yeah. in, in this, this ride that we call life. Right. And, and start making some little shifts and, and write that next chapter. Is that, I, I want to ask you, cause I, I definitely want to hit on, there's a couple of topics I want to hit on for in this conversation. Loneliness being one of them, cause it's a huge problem right now. Uh, I shouldn't even say right now. It's been a huge problem for quite some time, Yeah, but probably at its peak at this point. But before that, can you share anything about the sabbatical that you were just on? You know, how it came to be? Why did you go? Like, what did you do? What did that look like? Uh, yeah, I wish I had some sort of a um, grand realization from this time or <laughs> if it was dramatic or I like went to Bali and, you know, like uh, found myself. Uh, I, I've just been, you know, I've been running Hinge for um, 12 and a half years straight and wow. uh, and for some of my employees, when we hit our, it was like six, I mean, it's not even that generous, honestly. It's like once you hit your six year mark for those who were there, when we did like the big reboot, you could have like a six week just paid sabbatical on top of your regular vacation time where you could just take a little bit of time to like reflect. And, and, okay. um, and so I finally took mine. Uh, after 12 and uh, <laughs> a half years. And originally I did have like a vision of like going and traveling and do all this stuff. And what I ultimately found was like the most productive for me was to just like stay in New York and ground down and reconnect with my friends. Like that, I feel like so much of what has, um, I've sacrificed by being so absorbed in Hinge is, uh, like honestly, like relationships and friendships and because, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of like, you know, family is very essential and like and always there and kind of first thing in the bucket and and hinge. And sometimes there's just not a lot of time left over. And so the idea of just having some spaciousness in my life to take care of my body in a better way and to reconnect with friends and just ground down in New York and cross things off my personal to-do list that I just like had <laughs> yeah, been the sitting there for like <laughs> eight months, uh, yeah. you know, uh, like cancel that credit card that I haven't, it was just like, yeah, yeah. it felt, it was so fulfilling. It was actually exactly what I needed to do. So on like, yeah. that was my, that was my sabbatical. I, I mean, I'm in a way super happy that there wasn't some sort of, uh, life changing, uh, realization uh, during your time away. Cause I mean, I feel like this is just realistic that, I think most of us could just use some time to just disconnect. And, and to your point, I feel like there's a bit of a theme in the conversation and, and not the theme being not putting so much pressure on ourselves to 
check this off, check that off, have this practices in play, have this grandiose totally. I mean, you intention. work so hard, you're so busy, and then you get a yeah. moment to like vacation, and then you like fly somewhere and have to figure out all the logistics and do all the stuff. Yeah. It's like, like, I don't even, I just, I just want to wake up in the morning, go for a bike ride, check, yeah. have dinner with some friends. Like, just be. Yeah, just be. <laughs> it was lovely. Did anything yeah. um, for, on, on the mental fitness side of things that, did you try any new practices? Was there anything that kind of surfaced throughout that time where you're like, oh, I've always wanted to try this and you were able to do it? Well, well, in a way, like, again, they fit into the three, the three buckets, but I have, um, I've been really into, so I've, I've, during the pandemic, my family and I like moved upstate from like mid 2020 and we moved back in the fall of last year. And, um, and so we we bought this like old farmhouse that was like falling down. It had some barns out back. And so I've spent the last three years like renovating these barns. Oh, wow. Painstakingly, like there's like 200-year-old barns. And we like stripped them, took them apart piece by piece, poured foundations under them, reconstructed them, built exoskeletons around them, like refurbished. Like it was, it was a three-year deal. project. It was a, it was a, it was a real <laughs> deal. And one of the things that I did, like in the main barn, is I built this like giant open studio because I've had like five rhythms and ecstatic dance has become like a really, it's not something I get to do that often, but I just found it so transformational from a movement practice. And yeah, we we can talk about that, but I just, it's like, it is the ultimate for me. And uh, it's just hard in New York City in an apartment and like living a life and getting, it's just like really incorporate that on a regular basis. And so I built this like big open studio space with like really amazing speakers and, uh, and just like, so Oh, I just, I just go in there and I just like dance by myself for 45 minutes, like a five rhythms wave. And so that was, I got to do a lot of that. What about your kids though? Cause I feel like if I'm thinking of my own boys, Oh, my four, they love it. They love it. Right. They love it. They love it. And there's, they, they yeah. couldn't care less what, they look like what it's it's, like that's the part i feel like as as adults where at least again i I can only speak for my my from my own personal perspective but you just feel weird or like oh what do i look like doing this and yeah yeah, you really get the full benefit of a dance kind of sequence like that it's just let like let it all go and kids are just perfect for that they're amazing just they don't care Totally. So yeah, we I've done plenty of dance sessions with the kids too. But that's a whole other dimension of like, you know, relating to the kids and making sure Margot doesn't fall down the stairs. It's like <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's a nice, survival thing. But in order again. for me to really let go, I kinda have to just be in there like on yeah. my own. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So have you thought about or have you found a way to maybe not at the same level, but incorporate you know, integrate that into your life in the city? I do sometimes. I'll just put in like my AirPods and okay. and just like dance around my apartment sometimes, which is like yeah. just even if it's like a five minute break, just to like move the energy. So there's yeah. ways again. There's like the minimum minimally viable practice of yeah, of even just like that, like after lunch or something like that, yes. right? Just to reset for the afternoon. It's yeah, it's, it's really powerful. powerful. Like the five rhythms practice, I think is just like yeah, it's been the yeah. most transformational thing that I found. Okay. Well, I want to, I mean, maybe there's a link here, but I want to pivot into just the topic of loneliness. And I mean, you kind of brought a bit of this up with even just as, as a tactic, I guess, to combat against loneliness. I mean, just being with other people and and during your sabbatical and like reconnecting with friends and family and, and so forth. But I'd love for you to just kind of paint the picture from your perspective uh whether that's through hinge or and or just your own research like what what are we really experiencing because a lot of us I don't, I, I don't even think that we realize that we're in a place where we're lonely uh and maybe yeah. you have you know you've you experienced that you know a while back right in your own personal story but what are you seeing out there i guess just in the in the real world i mean what i think we're, we're seeing is um the the resultant effect of it which is we're seeing anxiety we're seeing depression we're seeing polarization uh like i think these are the 
um, effects of what is like a deeper problem around feeling disconnected from others and disconnected from ourselves. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, ironically as the builder of an app, the, the real, you know, it, it's a, in some ways it's a complex multifaceted, you know, sociological problem, but in some ways I think it's actually very, very simple, which is that we've completely displaced quality time with each other with screen time. If you look at like how much time we were spending with friends two or three decades ago, to how much time we're spending now, it's just plummeted from like hours a day, two to three hours a day on average to less than 30 minutes. And our screen time has gone from negligible, maybe like watching TV a couple hours a day to, you know, for teens, it's like eight hours a day spent on their phone. In addition to, you know, being on, you know, we're at school where they're spending half their time on laptops and staring at screens. And not only are we like, just spending time just staring at our screens and not with other people. But even when we are with other people, we are distracted by our screens. Yeah. And so it like really disrupts the, so not only is it like less time, but even the time that we do have is interrupted because we are like feeding ourselves the junk food of, you know, little hits on social media and text messages and uh, unable therefore to like drop in to some like rich, nutritious quality time with, with people. And we're starved for it. And I, I think, you know, what's really, really tragic about it is I just don't even think we realize as a culture and we don't even know what we don't know. And so mm-hmm. we don't even know this is a problem. Yeah. And so we think that depression is a problem and anxiety is a problem that we need to just solve on the surface level and um, connection to our bodies, connection to our friends is... Which reminds me, actually, there's a, there's another practice that I've had over the last few months that I'm I'm probably almost the most religious about okay. that I failed to mention, and I got this one from this guy Jared Matthew Weiss. Do you know him? No, um, I don't know if you know him. He's he's been he's got a book coming out um, relatively soon about this topic, and okay. well, he gave me here. this. He gave me this. Oh, you should definitely get him on here. He's an incredible speaker. I'll connect you with him, but. Uh, he, uh, the, the book is, is called the magic of tiny moments. And, Mm. um, and he gave me this practice of every day. It's kind of expanded beyond what I imagined it would be. It's now like up to like a dozen people. I share over text message in the morning, right after I journal my high and my low from yesterday, just typed out. Okay. And I send it to about 12 people in a, I copy and paste it 12 times into individual text messages. So it's not, it's not like a group, not a group thing yeah. where we're all like dumping it in and commenting on each other's posts. It's like a very intimate one-on-one with the 12 people that are kind of, I'm, I either are closest to me already or I want to get closer to. And, uh, and they often send them back. And it's been like, completely transformational uh so is it just a share is there no expectation for feedback is it just i'm putting it out there or is it a mix it's it's just a mix on different you know some days there's there's like just a a thumbs up or a heart some days it leads to a long conversation sometimes it leads to like let's go meet up and talk about this yeah Uh, and beautiful and it's every day and it's just like that the the frequency and quality of connection that I have with the people most meaningful to me. Cause there's so many people that we, we like love that we see, you know, what, every six weeks, eight weeks, we spend our whole time just like catching up. We don't really get to drop in and yeah. it feels a little like unfulfilling. And man, I just like, it is just the most, it's like really changes my existence. Like even when I feel very absorbed in work and family and things like that, I also feel very connected to my, to my people. How did you have the conversation with them to start that up? I just say like, uh, hey, I'm trying this thing. Um, I would love to include you. Zero pressure to respond. I would love to send it to you. And um, and if you, and then over time, if they if they like don't really engage or don't respond, if like if someone doing this, I'll just be like, hey, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah this is still useful. Do you want me to keep sending these to you? Do you? <laughs> uh, and then I just kind of find the people that really want to reciprocate and like you just find yeah. those people. And okay. Um, but it's just like, hey, this is an experiment. Let's try it out. And you should try it too. And sometimes people like watch me do it a few times and then they'll start sending theirs. And then it 
becomes this like very incredible practice. Oh, I love that. Well, because it, it matches up the accountability. Like it's at the core of it, you're essentially checking in with yourself, but now you're checking in with yourself, sharing that, and you're building this accountability with someone else and connecting with another human being. I mean, it's a pretty cool recipe there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, remembered that one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's awesome. So, well, that's a good, a good, um, it's a good link into the topic that we're speaking about because I definitely, no doubt, I would imagine would help uh, on the topic of loneliness. And because I, like anything in health, I think in general we, we we often get stuck on all the surface level things. To your point, you're mentioning the symptoms of loneliness, right? Anxiety, depression, and so forth. And and the same thing with, you know, our physical bodies. Like we have all this disease out there. Well, why? Like there's a reason for that, right? It's, it's not just the, you know, oh yeah, that's totally normal to feel like garbage every every day. And yeah, have, except we you know, have normalized it, unfortunately. Well, and that's so, the thing. We get on this autopilot and it's just, okay, yeah, that's just, um, especially with our minds. It's like, and it's hard to, I think if you're not checking in with yourself, it's hard to catch that this isn't my default state. Like it's become my default operating state to just wake up feeling anxious or not energetic or happy. Not to say that every day is like that, but I don't know. I feel like we deserve to feel pretty good more days than not. Like, did we not? <laughs> I think we certainly base? have the potential to do it. I think that, uh, I think we're kind of like deserve. Deserve is an interesting question. I feel like we're kind of, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about like, Who's to blame for all this? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's your what what what's your answer to that? <laughs> I think well, there's multiple culprits in this, or it's a combination. Yeah, um, and I say that tongue in cheek, like it's not a blame game, but I. It's interesting because I feel like sometimes we beat ourselves up because we're like, well, okay, I just need to do, I have to have all these practices. And if I do them, then I wouldn't have these problems. But also like, I'm not sure, I think these practices in, are in themselves a reaction to just living overall in a kind of an unhealthy way, which gets like much deeper cultural and societal yeah. issues around our values as a society. And so I think you need to do all these conscious uh sort of like daily inoculations of yourself in order to go out and live in a world that values yeah. what we value and prioritize what we prioritize. And that really is probably even the sicker symptom beyond, you know, tech companies creating products that are designed to steal our attention and sell it to the highest bidder. There's even something more foundational about the culture we're living. And so then I yeah. sit and I wonder like, yeah, we're getting like really deep now, but like what? No, that's like, fine. What is the solution, right? Like, do you do you stay in it and do you inoculate yourself every day and try to convince other people to do the same? Do you just completely check out and like, you know, move to the jungle? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, some of my yeah. friends are doing that these days. Yeah, well, I mean, my wife and I, we've talked about some of that as well. It's like, what's this group of friends? We're going to move here and we're going to check out <laughs> and, and be, you know, self-sustained and, and all of that. And, you know, we somewhat joke about that, but deep down in the core, I don't think we're joking at all, frankly. I think we're, I think a lot of us have, I mean, what the pandemic has forced is a lot of reflection in, in, in a lot of different people that yeah. maybe wouldn't have taken that time to think or ask some of those deeper questions. But then what I've noticed, and I'm sure you're seeing this as well, is you, you've put people into a forced reflection and they don't have the tools to now deal with the insights that have come up and now you're in a real mm. anxious loop of like i know i feel off or i know that something's not aligned but i don't really know what to do with that and i have to continue to live in this kind of this environment which i agree with you is um it's it's toxic i mean let's, i think it's just let's just be real it's it's what we put in our minds right now, for the most part, if we're not intentional with it, is not healthy mental nutrition. So I, right. I think in order to be in this environment, and this is where maybe it's empowering, where it could be maybe a bit of an answer to your question. Um, we're the ones, like if we can take the, the control of that, like we can, we can decide, hey, I'm, I'm going to open up, I'm going to be curious, I'm going to try to figure out, you know, what practices I can put in, into, into play to 
have some preventative, and I, this is my language, pre- preventative mental fitness, but then also tools to just navigate stuff that's going to come up. And then with that combination, typically get closer and closer to just being okay to be in going back to, you know, what we talked about earlier, just being okay here, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think there's, you know, technology, of course, has, has changed and, you know, a lot has changed. But, you know, in writing the book, I mean, this was so obvious when I was, I wrote a profile on Marcus Aurelius. And I remember thinking, if I were to modernize the English in what I'm reading in his journals, it's the same shit. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, there's, there's a, couple passages like where he says something like i just really can't wait to get to the mountains and to you know for a vacation like meanwhile like the whole like empire is fighting and all this so like that doesn't feel as as relatable but if you really look at him like it's it's the same kind of human emotions that are being dealt with over over time just the details are a bit different so i don't know for me it was a bit that helped depressurize the whole like big question you know, I'm like, hey, well, he's just journaling and to, to help, you know, I can do that too. <laughs> so I don't know, I, sorry, I went on a complete rant, but you've got me reflecting here as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess a question for you is I want to respect your time. We, we've, we've run over. Um, it's okay. Are there any questions that you want to leave with people that, you know, either... Have been helpful for you or as a company with with Hinge as well to help egg realize if we are in a state of loneliness or if we're kind of in a dangerous place where it could lead to other things and, and like how do we get out of it? I think it's more and it's it's less loneliness. I'll, I'll kind of leave you with the question that I asked myself that I think started this whole journey for me, and it was you know on the day that I got. Sober, uh, coming out of college, my my graduation date. I woke up that morning and I remember like walking down the the street, hungover, like down in I was at Colgate on Broad Street, and uh, and I remember thinking to myself, like, gosh, like the steering wheel to my life just feels broken. Like I know that I want to go over here, and yet every day I just kind of keep careening over to like this opposite direction like I don't want to live like this but like every day it's like I make these little micro decisions yeah that are lead me in like a completely different path than the one that I actually want and and I think getting clear on what I really wanted and getting honest with myself about how like what I'm actually doing every day and how do those relate to each other is one of the most important reflections that we can do like what are my values what are my goals and and i really think that um that is really what addiction is to me it's this like compulsive behavior that leads us in a direction that is uh you know not in line with our values and our on our goals yeah and and that's my like broad definition of addiction why i feel so why I feel such resonance between what I felt when I was addicted to drugs and alcohol and what I see going around with people and their social media. Because surely when you look back on your life, 10 years from now, you're not going to be like, thank God I spent four hours a day looking at TikTok videos. That really got me to where I needed to be. And that's like leaving me in a place that feels more fulfilled. Yeah. But you need those check-ins. I think that's the key, right? Like you have to ask the big questions, get clear. And then along the way, and this is where it's different for everyone. And thankfully, there are a million different tools and whatnot. We've definitely covered a good handful of, of ones that I think could help here. But we have to check in to see. Like, it's we're recording this on Friday. And probably the most impactful thing that I do on a practice is 10 minutes at 3 p.m. And it's, what did I learn this week? What would I have changed this week? And what can I celebrate? And, and, that has, and that dictates all of next week. Like, that's when the calendar gets adjusted or... You know, and it it takes 10, 15 minutes. But without without the check-ins, then to your I guess to your point, it's like it's now all of a sudden you you you've reached this place and you're like, how the hell did I get here? Right. Yeah. It's and, and, yeah. and the check-in that I'm I'm suggesting is very precisely like what are my values and goals and how does my action today, this week, align mm. with that or not align with that? 
Yeah. And getting honest about like where that's going to take us, you know, and, um, and knowing that like the cultural inertia is most likely not going to lead you where you want to go. No. And, and, no. and there's an almost guaranteed, <laughs> there's a tremendous amount of inertia and you have to be so conscious about how you're spending your time and where you're putting your attention. Otherwise, like it is, yeah, the, the cultural inertia is not designed for your personal happiness and fulfillment. No. And, well, and that's the part that, you know, and you can say the same thing with nutrition, right? And jump into a supermarket. It's like, if you're not doing that intentionally, you're coming out with unhealthy choices uh, for the most part. Mm -hmm. And it's, so I think in general, right across the board, I mean, it's just being, I guess, slowing down, coming off the people mover or the autopilot and just to your point, you're, the, the, the action I'm about to take, like giving yourself that micro pause to just think, okay, if I grab that thing or we'll open up that app, is that leading me closer or farther from the person that I'm striving to become, right? And uh, it's always so fascinating because we ask these questions in business all the time. So it's not like I'm assuming that Hinge, it, you know, hasn't been around for this number of years with, without you saying, we're here today, we want to be here at the end of the year and these are the st strategic kind of imperatives or the actions and tactics we're going to take to get there and we're going to check in throughout the year <laughs> to right. see if we're on course. But we don't do that for our lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, build, Wild. test, learn, right? Build, test, learn. And like that is essentially the same just freestyling kind of, out here. <laughs> yeah, the same kind of uh, process that we can ourselves be going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, did you ever, you know, Ray Dalio's Principles book also really gets into that and like makes it very good. I've actually found yeah. a children's book version of Principles, which is actually oh, far better than, there's, there's a children's book version okay. of Principles that um, is actually better than the original. Like actually far better than, because it okay. simplifies it and explains it to like a seven-year-old. Perfect. Um, it's that, it's that, it's applying that like build, test, learn uh, yeah. uh, cycle into your life so that you're aligning with your values and goals. Yeah. Meaningful, oh. meaningful relationships, meaningful work. Incredible. Last Zero. question for you. I mean, we could, go, I, I feel like we're just getting started here. We can go for hours. I know, it's opening this up. Right? Uh, we can always do a part two for sure. Um, but I do want to ask you, last question is just around, like, at the end of the day, like what, what makes you smile each day? Uh, uh, like a lot. I mean, truly a lot. I feel so blessed. I mean, one, I know this sounds so cliche, but my kids, I, I just... And I say this because I just wasn't someone that, I mean, I featured myself as like probably being a father one day, but I was mm -hmm. really um, hesitant and resistant and wasn't really honestly like that into it at first, uh, being a father. And it's just really transformed over the past few years. And, uh, and God, I just get such incredible joy from, from my children. And, uh, and so that's the honest, you know, that's the very cliche yeah honest no, answer is that like god it's just and i i really thought nothing could be more important to me than hinge i really believed that um when yeah. i when i had kids and now you know don't tell the people at hinge this but like my <laughs> like my you know like, uh but you know my priority is just completely completely changed over the last over the last few years and yeah um that said like i'm just i also like i'm just so grateful for the work that I get to do at Hinge. Like, it's just a dream. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I remember when I was in business school and someone came my first year and he had, he was presenting to our class and, uh, his name was Sunil and he had started a dating app. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, man, like what a cool job, especially someone who's like really into connecting people in relationships and then had a real strength in math and algorithms. I remember thinking to myself, like, Wow, like what a fun existence. And that's like all I thought. It was like, it's so interesting to like go back and like these little moments, these little yeah. like, that kind of like signal to crumbs. us. Like, yeah, little breadcrumbs of where we're supposed to be going that we really should pay, be paying more attention to. And, and I feel that I just like love the problem, which is one of the hardest problems. Like I know we're celebrating like, you know, and launching rockets into space and all that stuff is also very hard, but like people are so complex and trying to get oh, people yeah. to connect in uh in 
meaningful ways at scale is just a like awesome problem. And I get to do it with people that I absolutely, like I truly like love my executive team and, and my, my broader team bench, but like, especially the people that I work with day to day and my executive team, uh, I just like, we are like a family. I mean, we really are just yeah. a family and it feels so, uh, safe and rewarding and challenging to get to hang around those people every day. Incredible. Yeah. Those are the, I don't know, like we do. And you talked about that practice, like every, every executive team meeting that we have every week, we open with a, with a check-in and the check-in is just like a gratitude and anxiety and a hope. Like, what mm. am I, what am I grateful for? What am I anxious about? What am I hopeful about? And I love that. Um, it is a, it's just like a really good way to, you know, it takes up 20 minutes at the beginning of every meeting, but it's, and it can be personal, it can be professional. And, uh, yeah. and it's just really helped transform us into a, into a family. Well, full circle to connection on how you checked in on the who, who am I question. It's, um, it's been 350 or so interviews and it, it never fails. It always somehow without, I mean, you and I haven't guided in any way, but somehow always comes back to how that who am I question is, is answered. And, and uh, it seems loud and clear, you know, authenticity and connection is, is, is how this one's wrapping up. And it's pretty beautiful. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to work in, in, a, in an industry or on a topic that the ripple effect you know, outside of, of, of course you're connecting other people, but when we feel connected and we're, and when we're, we don't feel lonely and we feel motivated, inspired, I mean, those are the people building the rockets and doing other crazy things as well. Like it's really hard for us to innovate and, and do a lot of good in this world if we're completely wrecked in the mind. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's so, so important, especially your check-ins. I mean, same thing with the team, like hard to think, think about the best strategy or whatever it is when you're, you know, loaded up with a lot of mental clutter and, and debt, just a few right. minutes can release some of that. So, yeah. so thank you. I mean, you know, it, this is, this is kind of a first for me considering how we met and how I didn't really, you know, I, well, that, not, not, I, I didn't know anything about you, but what, is so clear. And what I remember from meeting you in, in the Berkshires was that exact thing that is coming out of here. And it's just that, that the words like transparency and honesty and just a real human, like that's what I felt from Justin in that men's retreat. Brilliant. And that's what I'm feeling in this conversation as well. And we just layered on the work stuff. And that's a pretty beautiful kind of full circle moment, at least for me. And I want to thank you for for, um, for providing that experience. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And likewise, I just really appreciate your curiosity and aliveness. And it's just been like a really lovely conversation. So thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs>